Well, good morning. We're going to be continuing our journey through Romans 8. So if you've got a Bible or on your app, please turn to that chapter so we can look at it together. Now, Romans 8 was written to bring courage to weary Christians. And so it's perfect uh, for a time like this, and that's why we chose it. It contains some of the most profound truths of what God has done through Christ. It's one of the greatest chapters on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it contains some incredible promises that bring assurance and confidence in the face of a world that is full of evil and death. Now, we've seen some of that already in our youth and children's talk this morning. And at this talk, uh, we're going to be looking at verses 26 and 27. So let me read those verses and then I'm going to pray for us. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Well, let's pray now. Father, please help us now to understand these words that you've spoken to us and give us faith uh, to trust you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Romans chapter 8, we see that God's people are on a journey. Behind us is a life of slavery to the law of sin and death. Jesus died and he rose again so that we can be adopted as children of God no longer facing condemnation. Instead, we're now heirs of our Father's kingdom. But we're still on a journey. We're already free, but we're not yet home. We struggle with sin. We groan at the sufferings of this present time, longing for when sin and suffering are no more. And so we journey on, as we saw last week, waiting patiently for the glory that is to be revealed. That's from verse 25. And that is exactly the way that God once liberated Israel from their bondage to slavery in Egypt, the way he led them through the barren wilderness, and the way that he eventually brought them to the promised land. That exodus pointed forward to our great rescue by Jesus, the greater, more decisive exodus that Jesus accomplished for the people of God. And just as God once led his people through the wilderness, when they often found themselves not knowing where they were going, through the pillar of cloud and fire, so today the Holy Spirit helps and leads God's children. Look again at verse 26, which says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. Now, in spite of the redemption that we've already received in Christ, we often find ourselves unsure of where we're going and what God's will is. In the wilderness, so to speak, we can be tempted to turn back to that slavery that we've been rescued from. We forget to look ahead to the inheritance that is to come. And that's why, as verse 26 continues, caught up in all of that, we do not know what to pray for. Now we'll see in the next section of Romans 8, and we'll come to this next week in verse 29, that what we should be praying for is that we would be conformed to the image of his son, the Lord Jesus. But in these verses, the profound and comforting truth that we're taught here 
is that the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us, he prays for us, to ensure that we reach that final destination. Those who are God's children can be sure of God's protective guidance when they're weary and weak in their journey. Look at verse 26 again. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we ought to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So having been liberated from sin and death through Jesus, we can take comfort that the Spirit will guide us through the wilderness until we reach that promised land, even though, like Israel of old, we are often weak on that journey. Now, I find it so encouraging that Paul, who wrote these words, didn't write, the Spirit also help you in your weakness, but rather, he said, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Paul didn't set himself up as a spiritual giant, rather he included himself with us as one who was weak. And that's because the life of faith, this side of heaven, is like that. This is normal on the journey through the desert. Paul felt his own weakness in in the face of temptation. He felt weak when facing abuse for being a Christian. He felt weak in the storms of life. What about us? What about you and me? Do we feel weak? Do we feel that weakness right now? Now, I think for some of us, the reason that we don't pray as frequently or as fervently as we should is we don't really recognise how weak we actually are. If we knew ourselves to be weak, we would constantly be coming to the Lord and crying out for his strength like the psalmist did in Psalm 28, which we read together just now. Jesus didn't say, did he, without me, you can get on with all the daily stuff, but when you hit something really big, call, call on me. Rather, this is John 15 verse 5, he said this, Apart from me, you can do nothing. So that's a reminder uh, for some of us. But for others of us, we feel weary and battered. We know that we are weak. And our weakness makes us feel sometimes too guilty or too much of a failure to pray. In the midst of all that we're going through, we often don't know how to pray or what to pray for. Or we've prayed and we prayed and, and those prayers don't seem to be answered. Well, Or there are times when we simply don't have the strength or the will to pray, perhaps when something devastating happens or when we're laid low through illness. Well, it's encouraging here in Romans 8 verse 26 that God doesn't confront us or condemn us for being weak. He doesn't leave us to ourselves. Rather, we have the help of God's Holy Spirit to help us in our weakness. Look at verse 26. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he, that is the Holy Spirit, who searches hearts, knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints, that is us, according to the will of God. Now some of this is a little tricky to work out, but I want you to see here that the take-home message is absolutely not about what we do. It is all about what God's Spirit does for us. These verses are all about the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. And what is really clear here is that the Holy Spirit is right there with us, helping us to pray, uh, helping us by praying to the Father for us. 
We may not know what to pray for, but he does. And we don't hear his prayers. They're described here as groanings too deep for words. Groans that we don't hear, literally without speech. But the Holy Spirit tenderly takes our prayers and directs his according to God's will before his throne. And because what he asks for is absolutely according to the will of God, we know that his prayers are going to be answered. And that is why Paul goes on with confidence to say what he's going to say in the following verses. So he's going to say this in verse 28, with confidence that for those who love God, all things work together for good. And in verse 29, we will be conformed to the image of his son. Now, those wonderful promises are often disconnected from their immediate context. But what we see is that one of the reasons we can have confidence that we will make it home is because the Holy Spirit is praying for us according to God's will. That's what gives us confidence that all things will work out for good. The result of the Spirit's praying on our behalf is leading the weak, wandering people of God. And it will mean that we will never be severed from God's guiding hand. Now, no, there's no promise here that our weaknesses will ever be removed completely this side of heaven. This side of the new creation, we will still find ourselves at times not knowing what to pray for or where we're going. But what is promised here is that those who have been set free by Jesus will never be lost or abandoned. He will get them safely to the promised land. And that doesn't mean that we don't have a part to play in seeking to live for Jesus or doing all we can to use the tools that he's given us to grow more and more like Jesus. We are to seek his help to live as obedient children and not use our freedom to sin. Romans 8 verse 5 says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. But our confidence is not in our strength. We are weak. It is only he who is strong and mighty to save. As one Old Testament writer put it, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless towards him. That's 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9. Now what we find here are some amazing promises to cherish as God's people. The Holy Spirit stands with us and sustains us in the midst of darkness and trials. He helps us to persevere through them. By his help, we will make it home. And it's not just the Holy Spirit working on his own. This is God's work, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We are weak, but he is most certainly not. Now, when I finish speaking, we're going to sing a song that really captures these truths really well. It's called He Will Hold Me Fast. You may know it, but let me uh, remind you or, or tell you what some of the words are in that wonderful song. It says this, When I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail, he will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path, for my love is often cold. He must hold me fast. Those he saves are his delight. Christ will hold me fast. Precious in his holy sight, he will hold me fast. 
He will not let my soul be lost. His promises shall last. Bought by him at such a cost. He will hold me fast. For my life he bled and died. Christ will hold me fast. Justice has been satisfied. He will hold me fast. Raised with him to endless life. He will hold me fast. Till our faith is turned to sight. When he comes at last. He will hold me fast. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We will make it home. What a wonderful comfort all of that is. Now, I said earlier that these verses are not about what we do, but knowing, what the Holy, knowing that the Holy Spirit prays for us in our weakness does encourage us to pray. Even though we don't know how to pray as we should, Paul wants to encourage us here to keep praying. We won't fully understand the the mystery of prayer in this life, but we do know that the Lord Jesus commanded us to pray. He wants to hear from us. He wants us to talk to him. And he's ordained prayer as the means through which we cooperate with him in bringing about his sovereign will. Verse 26 says the Spirit helps us. That doesn't mean that because the Holy Spirit is praying for us, we can just sit back and stop praying. Rather, we are to keep praying, and if appropriate, to keep working or obeying or whatever the Bible tells us to do in our situation. But as we pray, we are helped by knowing that the Spirit is there right next to us. He knows how we feel at the deepest levels. He knows what to pray for when we don't. He takes up our needs at the deepest emotional level and conveys those hurts and cares and concerns to the Father's throne always praying in line with the will of God. And so the the Spirit helps us by praying for us in our weakness. But what an encouragement to pour out our hearts with him. So don't let the fact that you don't know how to pray discourage you from praying. And don't let the fact that prayer isn't easy discourage you from praying. Prayer is often hard work. It isn't easy, but we're to keep working at it as God's children. And finally, don't let the fact that your prayers don't seem to be answered keep you from praying. Make sure you pray to the best of your understanding in accordance with God's revealed will in his word. But if you are praying unknowingly for something that is not his will, then trust that the Spirit will take your prayers and he will line them up with God's perfect will. This gracious truth that the Holy Spirit tenderly prays for us in our weakness should cause us to persevere in prayer, especially in times of trial. Well, let's pray together now. Father God, in a different part of your word in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says that the good work that you have begun, you will also bring to completion on the day of your Son and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Father, help us to hold firmly to that truth with confidence, not in our strength, but in your power, your power to save, and not in our own abilities to keep persevering. And thank you, thank you so much for the gift of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us and who helps us in our weakness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.